Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is episode 12 of This Is Us 2 with Mary and Blake. I feel like they're both sexy, though, you know? I mean, in different kinds of ways, right? So, like, Sloan, I see as, like, like hot librarian oh. sexy, right? Oh. Whereas Olivia's more like, you know, like, uh, intense artist kind of sexy, which is different. Mm-hmm. But she's also British, which makes her hot librarian sexy as well, oh kind of by God, default. man, but, are you kidding me? This is... What? This is, Two beautiful women wanting to be with you, that's not a problem. Yeah. You want to know a problem? A problem is your dying biological father suddenly turning gay. Well, that's... Oh. Why is that a problem? I don't know. We are a hot mess, huh? Yeah. Big three? Big three. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And believe it or not, believe it or not, I've actually had the same problem as your boy Kevin at one point in my life. At one point. <clears throat> and I know Mary, my darling wife, knows this story, so mm-hmm. I have no problem telling it. But you, the it listener, doesn't involve me. Actually, it does involve you. Wait, hold up. You Who know the story. You know the story. Hold on. Mm. The listener, however, does not know the story, so Uh-oh. I thought I would... I would. You know what? We're going to get real personal here. Yeah. We're going to get real personal. Well, gonna... I just got super personal in the last episode, so I would you did. really like you to get personal, <laughs> please. Uh, there was a point in time in my life I, that I did not know my gorgeous bride sitting across the way from me. Hey. And at that point in my life, I was madly in love with another woman. Uh, well, at least I thought I was. And it was a it was a thing for me. It was like a, it was a thing, and uh, and lo and behold, this person had toyed with my ever so soft and you know just vulnerable Pisces style heart, and a uh, number of times on and off. And I and I just I and I was I was the sucker that kept going back, and I was the sucker that said. Of course, this is going to be different. We're going to, and then one fine day, I met my gorgeous bride. (laughs) I met my gorgeous bride, and I was swept off my feet. I had never felt anything like this in my entire life, Um, and we even were out and getting smashed uh, on the actually the first night that we met uh, my wife and I uh, <laughs> at a pub uh, and I had to work at four in the morning to go bake uh, some donuts and she and I actually stayed out till about well I don't know what two o'clock ish yeah. in the city of Providence we were having fun we had a good time well shortly thereafter I get a phone call from this other person saying that they wanted to be with me and that they had made a mistake a big mistake in their life 
And while I took a different tact than Kevin, I will say, <laughs> I will say that I told this person that I no longer ever wanted to speak to them again and uh, told them to lose my number. And this person has never called me since. But uh, I, lo and behold, this nerd sitting right here one way or another, there was one person who wanted to be with me and another person who wanted to be with me. And I chose my beautiful bride because that's what I absolutely knew was the absolute right choice. Dang straight. <laughs> Was that okay? Was that was was that, was was that a, a decent telling of that story? Is everybody comfortable with this now? I mean, I'm comfortable. Okay, good, good. I just want to make sure. I've never met this woman. No, you haven't, and you never will. And I and oh I my will. Gosh, imagine if she listens to our podcast. I, I seriously don't. <laughs> if so, I seriously don't. That boy is mine. <laughs> In the wise words of Brandy. <laughs> so we're going to. Uh, kind of chat about this episode a little bit starting things off with the lemonade rating no we, we, we always do the same exact thing Ugh. every time every really? time we go over the details of the story okay and, tell me about even, the details that even says it ron burgundy in in our notes okay you know and let's uh, get into the show then i'm ron burgundy Let's get into the show, Blake. <laughs> All right. So the title is The Right Thing to Do, of course, which is based off of Kevin's words to uh, Olivia when he's having the conversation about Sloane saying, uh, you know, I, I want to be with her, and but even though I don't want to be with her, it's the right thing to do, yada, yada. Okay, great. The writer was Oren Squire. And you probably don't know his name because nope. this is actually uh, this person's first big project. This oh. is us. And I think this is their first writing credit. Uh, but since has written on that show, The Good Fight, which is a spinoff of The Good Wife. And uh, Oren Squire actually served as a story editor for This Is Us for the entirety of season one. So I know you nerds out there and I know my wife across the way is saying, what is a story editor? Meh, not well, really. Well, but we, it's sure. Essentially, a story editor is a member <laughs> of uh, the screenwriting staff who edits stories for all of the screenplays that come out for television shows. Okay. Uh, so the the story editor has many responsibilities, including um, breaking down the scripts and for the new writers, uh, developing the stories with the writers, and ensuring that the scripts are making sure cohesive. That they're, yeah, they're cohesive. Okay. They're suitable for production. Uh, and they work very closely with all of the writers. It's like and, the project manager of the writers. Uh, yes. Are all your projects coming together, and will they be all done in time, and do they all make sense together? Uh, yes. And so, like, when, like, uh, for example, like, let's say for the sake of argument that there is a script for a, uh, for an episode of television that is past due. It's like, it's we, we need to get this moving here. Yeah. The story editor will story editor will make sure that each act written by multiple people will be cohesive and it's all coordinated by the story editor. Okay. So usually people who are just beginning their writing careers mm -hmm. are story editors. Okay. So that's how that I like this. Goes. And right. uh, the director was Tim Timothy Busfield. Uh, you may know him, you may no. not. He was actually Poindexter on the movie Nerds. Uh, he was he's originally an actor, and he also played Danny Concanon on The West Wing, uh, and he was also the annoying brother-in-law in Field of Dreams. Oh, okay. Which was the one that was trying to tell uh, 
tell what's his name Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner to sell his farm. He's actually directed a lot of different things. His, his highlights are Designated Survivor, uh, that show Damages, and even Aaron Sorkin's seriously underrated show Sports Night. I didn't see any of those. Now I'm bored with the you didn't facts. you didn't watch the West Wing? Yeah, you watched the West nope. Wing. Nope. All really? set. Mm-mm. Nope. I was much more into Meerkat Manor at that time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So that is that. <laughs> Marvin, what's your lemonade rating for A 4. this? Four point five. Oh. I liked this episode. Okay. I didn't cry. I didn't have all the feels, but I had most of the feels. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would not give it a five, but it was a four point five. It was a good step up from the previous yes. episode. The, yes. The one that Helen I mean, Hart like compared directed. to the last one, I would have given us a four point seven, but on the grand scheme of things, a solid four point five, like a really good episode. You How about I, you? You and I are on the exact same page. Look four and a half all the way for this one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a big step up from the previous episode. I thought it finally got us back on track and specifically because it was a smallish story. It's something that it had low stakes yep. and it was rooted in the characters and it was rooted in what the some of the plot was trying to do, but it didn't have this big freaking reveal and it didn't play with our goddamn hots like the last one did when, when Toby had a heart attack. So that's that. What's your GBG, my darling? The my good, good bad, bad, great. great. Yes. Okay, so my good for this episode was the big three being together, sitting in that hospital uh, waiting room together, the conversation that we played even in the beginning of this episode, just the magic when these three are together and they say big three. It's like you right. just want to cheers with them and then you sit there and you're like, oh man, I'm not a triplet. I'm just cheersing to myself. <laughs> so anytime I get a big three that needs to make it into my GBGs, I feel like, okay, so my bad is how sad I am that William is truly admitting that the end is near. He, This is breaking my heart piece by piece. I'm going to be biting my nails every episode now, afraid that he's going to fall, afraid afraid of all sorts of things. Because, of course, this is when he has the conversation with Randall. And Randall says, why are you spending so much time with Jesse and not your family? And he says, because Je- because I can feel the pain now. And Jesse's helping me make arrangements. Break my freaking heart, William. Okay, so that was my bad. Just because I'm sad. That's I should actually be calling this good, sad, bad. Because it's not that it's bad. Bad. I just feel sad. So it's my GSB, my good, sad, bad, uh, good, sad, great. So my great was Jack. You know, Jack in this episode doing the complete opposite of his father. Uh, he tells his, when his mother says, don't be anything like your abusive father. And he says, I won't. In this episode, he does anything but, you know what I mean? Like he really stands up and protects his wife in these dark times. And I'm not going to lie, when I first saw him buy the apartment, like rent the apartment, saying, oh yeah, I already put the deposit and security and last month's rent down. Without even asking Rebecca, I kind of like went, eh. Uh, that's not really cool to sign all this paperwork without your wife. And then he did it when she was crying in the house. And seeing her reaction when he bought that house, I said, oh, this is how their relationship works. Rebecca's not going to be there saying, oh, no, hell no, you didn't buy this house without asking me. And you sold that car without asking me. He actually knew. He knows Rebecca so much that he knows that she needs him to take care of her in these aspects and that she is okay with it. So I thought it was a huge testament to their relationship. At Mm. first, I saw it saying, no way, Jose. And then when I saw Rebecca's reactions, I thought, gosh, he's such a great husband. He knows exactly what she needs. This isn't something that Rebecca would be, see as bad. It's something that strong, wonderful, beautiful Rebecca needs is someone to take care of the situation, to scoop her up in her times of low and to bring her home. Right. So that was my great. How about you? My good? It once again goes to Dr. K. I mean, he has to make... So mine's going to be big three. And when Dr. K's in the episode, he's probably going to always make it in your always, GBG. Always. Okay. Dr. K is definitely becoming my secondary <laughs> binky. 
<laughs> we know Sterling K. Brown, and it, you know, uh, uh, he he is my real binky, but Dr. K is my secondary binky. Okay. Okay. When he didn't even put down his newspaper to like talk to the to the actual doctor about what, to how, break the news about, about the triplets, how, how there was this new couple who was getting triplets, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm really happy for them. I'm happy that they're not my patients." <laughs> And then he I, ends up and then he ends up getting them, and you know it's just one of those things that like it's so freaking awesome. It's it's such a cool thing that this is us can do because if you had seen that prior to all of the events that we had seen, if it happened in a uh, if if it happened in a in like a um, a straightforward fashion, like mm-hmm. if it was just a, a linear, yes, thing linear of events, timeline. It, it would just, it would be like, oh, okay. But knowing it, like you're in on the joke now, yes. and I freaking love that. I love how this is us can play mm-hmm. with with all of that. The bad, the bad, not sad. Yours is a bad. Mine's a straight up bad. Give dude. it to me, Olivia. Oh. Olivia, Olivia, just everything having to do with Olivia. Olivia sucks. You know who she is? She's Voldemort. That's what she is. Yes, her she is. name shall not You're be a wizard, said. Harry. Okay, like there is no good coming from this woman whatsoever. It, I really do. I want to just tell Kevin, she shall not be named. Well, I mean, this she's bad on on multiple levels. Okay, first the the first level is okay, bad wig. <laughs> Don't like the wig. But even though if if it wasn't a wig, it was a bad dye job, and it but was even it wasn't even hair. it was even a, a, a worse haircut. It was like all like she uneven. looks like she did it herself. It's like she like had um, safety scissors and did <laughs> look like me in high in college when you know I decided to cut my hair short. Not a good idea. Not a good sign. Not <laughs> okay, so a good she sign. has a bad hairdo. Um, that's but, not bad. Bad. No, it's not. No, it's not. But that that's just one of the things. And the other thing that I really don't like about her is that she has turned into a villain, and and it's and it's happened within a matter of. Two or three episodes. I feel like she came off terrible in the beginning when we first met her. No, no, I, I, I disagree. I okay. think she started off. I, I was co-signing with Olivia in the beginning. Okay, when she started off, when she was being a little bit of a dick. Yeah, you know, a little bit. But that was because she's an actress, and like she didn't want this guy around. She's a Tony Award-winning actress, and, you know, and, she, and like she I can get Manny. it. And then she realizes a couple of things, and she teaches him. Oh, and like it's it's very traditional. I can get I can get on board with okay. it. But then it just it. It, she didn't she, need his pie, and 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 like it's enough to like just make your brain go crazy over this character, and she only exists within the story to do crazy, stupid things whenever the plot demands that she be there to do those crazy, stupid things. But let me tell you, sometimes these thespians are that crazy. That's I'm telling you, Blake. Okay, I will take your word for it. And for her to come in, and go, I'm back. Oh, you and I God. both said she's going to literally come in and say I'm back, and that's what she and did. And that's exactly that's what, what happened. That's what crazy people do. If we had the psycho music, they'd be playing right now. Right. So she is. She's crazy, and the fact that she's back, and Kevin even considers a little bit um, that she can come back into her life. It. I just want to give Kevin a big dumb slap. Give, my mother used to call it a brain duster. Just boom, right on the back of the head. Dust the brain off. What are you I doing, took man? It, yeah, I took it as not necessarily for the relationship, but for the betterment of the show mm-hmm. that eh, 
yeah, maybe it will be good to have this Tony, you know, award-winning actress come on back in for like a hot second. He yeah, thought because he's like a, he's a producer, so now yeah. he's responsible. His money's for in it. it. Yeah, he's okay. not just some jabroni actor. So what was your great? But my for this great, episode? my Bring great, it. my great was absolutely meeting both Rebecca and Jack's yes. parents. Yes, absolutely. That mother is oh. freaking awful, awful. She actually reminded me. <laughs> Tell me. Of Lucille Bluth. <laughs> a little bit. From Arrested Development. From Arrested Development. It, with the way that Lucille always got, got on Lindsay, but how she was fat. And she wasn't fat at all. Not at all. <laughs> and it, in just the way that she was wearing that. Anytime you see a woman with a coat and a brooch, you you, you know that that's, she's going to be a problem. It's like that lady that you see with the short haircut. That's the I want to speak to your manager haircut. Yes. You know when you see an old lady with a coat and a brooch. She, watch out. Watch at, out. At lunch. Mm-hmm. I know. She, mm-mm, mm-mm, not a good person. Not going to play. <laughs> um, but as awful as the mother was and as off, and as complex as that relationship is between Rebecca and her mother, I loved seeing Jack and his dad together. Oh. And when he pulled, when Jack pulls up in, in the Chevelle, by the way, fantastic car. When he pulls up in the Chevelle in front of this house and he takes his ring off, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Who are you? I thought he was going to go prostitute himself out. I know. Like, <laughs> I was I, a little nervous. I thought he was like seeing somebody on, maybe, maybe. Like a Mrs. You know, Robinson kind like, of person. Who knows, right? Yeah. And then you walk in and you see that it's his dad. And what, uh, that simple act of Jack taking off his ring and going to see his dad speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not just a little bit. Show it, don't say it. That's what they did. This is the Library of Alexandria style volumes <laughs> about their relationship. Okay, you're so nerdy. It's <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, what what that says about them is the complexity. Jack's father doesn't even know that Jack is married. And Jack is willing to play into the tropes that his father has set for him yep. only to get the monies that he needs to take care of his family. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Yes. But more importantly, it shows you how disconnected he and his father are. There is very little relationship and it also shows you that jack is fighting something within himself in my opinion that he feels is going to come true at some point Mm -hmm. that because he his father is the way he is jack has the potential to become his father oh my gosh i completely disagree well no he has the potential to i'm not saying he will and he kind of goes down that road a little bit we've already seen it we've already seen it so for the fact that we have already seen a little bit of it and the fact that Jack's dad is the way that he's you mean not abusive, okay. not abusive, but he has other vices that are problematic. Mm-hmm. And he is allowing himself to see his father and live up to those tropes. Yeah. It's it, it was uh, an inspired bit of writing, in my opinion, uh, for that scene. I thought that was just absolutely Stunning, right? Yeah, stunning. Let's get into the show. What do you got, my love? How, how do you uh, how do you want to handle this one today? We can go by the big three. Big three so again. I'll I'll start one. Well, let's see, big three. Yeah, we'll do big three and then the parents. Okay. Uh, we haven't touched upon Kate. 
who pretty much just got a marriage proposal. Yes. And I loved it. I am not fully on board with Toby. I'm just still not. I go You're not through on hot, board? I go through hot and cold moments. Really? Like, well, here's the thing. Like, I don't think he's the guy for me. And I think that's what's so hard is that I'm looking at it through the eyes of me. But in these past couple of episodes, he's been just really, really good. And I adored how he, you know, said to Kate, um, you know, I would, it, it, what did he say? It's always been yes. I would, I always, always been. Right. That he would it's always, always been yes. Yeah. From the moment I saw you, it's right. always been yes. yes. And that just struck me and you could see the reaction in Kate's eyes. Uh, and she was, of course, able to tell him that she loved him, that she wanted to be with him forever. And I just thought it was a really great deep moment because we've been having um, just so many weight issues with Kate and to right. see this. Something other than that. Yes. And I love it. It's continuing to grow on that gray that I talked about mm-hmm. last episode. It's and just that little bit more complexity. She said she's never said it to anyone who's been outside of her family. Right. That is huge. Huge. So I'm just kind of really excited. I'm glad he got the heart surgery. Mm-hmm. We're going to see how that all goes. Uh, of course, the big three in the hospital. Randall <sighs> being jealous being jealous of the time that his dad is spending with Jesse. <laughs> and I get it. Oh, I, I get would it too. be too. Whether or not it was his lover, I would be like, wait a second. I've never heard of this person before. And you are now spending these last precious moments with them rather than us or where you live. This is your home. This is your family. What's going on? And mind you, like, I, I loved those moments when he said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be out tonight. Or something, you know what I mean? And Randall's looking at him the same way that probably parents do when their children come home from college. That's exactly what I thought. Like, (laughs) wait, wait, wait a second. You you think you're going to go out tonight? And like, what? Yeah. It was almost like Randall was looking for permission. Yes. For permission to go out and spend time Uh, with this dude. William was. Well, Randall was looking for... Randall was looking for permission from William. Like, he, he wanted William to ask, hey, can I go out? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a weird thing. Such a different dichotomy, yes. And that whole scene, when when Jesse shows up, and Randall's there, and is like, hey, Jesse, Jess, Jesse, what's... You want some Japanese whiskey? Hey, I got some really great Japanese whiskey, which you should, ha- should not Definitely have. Not. <laughs> <laughs> and... And the whole conversation was great. How it devolved into Tinder, and and how they met. And it, yes. Jesse's like, "Nah, we didn't, we didn't meet like that at all." He's like, "Okay, would you mind if I had the Japanese whiskey?" Oh my god! <laughs> Even his little thing where he said before, "No soup dumplings for you, and William." <laughs> like Randall is just the sweetest little nerdy dorky guy. Uh, and uh, I, I dig him. I dig him and the Beth moments, the Beth tubby time. Oh, hey now. Hey now, hey now. Relationship. I love when she was like, Randall. <laughs> and she's pulling off her dress a little bit. He's like, okay, all right. No yeah, problem. he's like, I'm not in the mood for a tub, a tub and all she needs to do is show a little shoulder. And he's then, like, of okay. course, of course, Sterling K. Brown has to take his shirt off again, put all of us married men to shame. The man is an Adonis. Listen, he doesn't eat cupcakes, probably. That's Zero okay. cupcakes. I don't think he's e- even eaten bread. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's his job. Oh, my goodness. So, Kevin, we already touched upon. With Olivia coming back, blowing up the spot with Sloane, I'm still on the Sloane train. And to be honest, when Kevin talked to Olivia and said, listen, I'm with her now and I appreciate that you came back and you did these great changes. But um, I 
sometimes you have to do the right thing, not the thing you want to do. Is that what he said? Or the not the thing that you want? Yeah. And because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. That's what it comes from. And what stinks is when I heard that, I was really proud of Kevin because I took it as, you know, not the relationship side. I took it more as the show that he was saying, yeah, of course I'd want to have a flippant Tony Award winning actress of your caliber. Of course, I'm the producer. I have no front of this money. It would make so much sense to have you do it. Yeah, it makes sense, but that's not the right thing. The right thing. So it was hard. The The choice of words was hard. I didn't get as offended. And then mm-hmm. when Sloan was hearing it, I thought, oh, man, she's going to be happy. And then I saw she wasn't happy. And I went, oh, man, I totally <laughs> oh, misinterpreted exactly what he said. <laughs> so- well, the way that it's written... It lends itself to the idea that he still wants to be with Olivia, but the right thing to do is be with Sloan. Which, by the way, I am still out on Sloan. I am out on Olivia. Nope. I'm on the Sloan train for now. The whole thing's a dumpster fire. And the, Sloan the whole is thing. very upset, of course, and, and walks down. They're supposed to be opening any moment now. And listen, I may be out on Sloan, but I still do feel bad a little bit. But I also understand where Kevin's coming from. I think there's a part of him that wants to be with Olivia because she is the artist. She's the free spirit. And she made him feel like totally out of his comfort zone. He just shouldn't have said it. He should not have said it out loud. You do not say that to a woman, a crazy woman, oh, because yeah. you know what that woman's going to do? She's going to take that little tidbit, clutch it in her talons, and she's going to know Kevin still wants me. Right. And she's, she's psycho enough to do that. Yeah. She walked out of that building, not crying, but with the bow chicka wow wow theme going through her head <laughs> where she's like, I still got it. I still got it. I'm going to get my man back. Uh, I don't know. I think this is the last we see of Sloan. Oh, I'm not that Sloan. I don't, um, of, Olivia? of Olivia? Oh, I don't think so. I, I think she's crazy. I think she's gone. I think she's gone. And I think Sloan's gone too. Oh, I, I mean, they're going to have the requisite scene with the, with the two of them. Uh, because of, because of the play, like yeah, you have to have to that. Have it. But in terms of an actual relationship, and in terms of like them being something, mm-hmm. she's out. There's I no hope way. Olivia's out. But I'm going to tell you, I've known people like Olivia, and they do not leave. They are like the freaking telemarketing calls that you say, "Please, I don't want you to call me anymore during dinner." And they say, "Okay, I understand." They're like, "Am I off the list?" And they say, "Yes, you're off the list." And I say, "Okay, are you sure I'm off the list?" And they say, "Yes." And, and they, they call, call me again. back next week <laughs> at dinner. They're freaking crazy, <laughs> just like Olivia. So Rebecca and Jack. Oh, the news. the The way that the doctor said, "How would you feel if I told you that you had twins?" He'd be like, ah, "Yeah, no." And no. then he says, "Actually, tw- triplets." That is like the worst delivery ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not having twins. Don't worry about it. You're having triplets. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. What are you thinking? You know, it's I. I, I, I'm like, I'm in awe because of course it's one of the things that people joke about. When you first get pregnant, you're always like, okay, oh, let's see if it's just one heartbeat. But you really don't think about it being three. No. You know, no. you think like, okay, is it going to be a one? Is it a one time or is it like the double shot? You don't actually think about it in being bigger multiples. And then Mm-mm. knowing that they have that six floor walk up. Oh. That two-bedroom apartment. Everything goes through this incredibly hormonal new mother's mind. And uh, she has to go see her mom, oh. who isn't even kind. Who here she's going to be a grandmother of triplets. And, she's and rather Jack than down. saying, oh my God. "Are you hungry?" Like, mind you, a 
thinks treats her daughter like she she needs to eat lettuce. This is also a woman who is now pregnant with triplets. Let the woman eat all the pizza and cupcakes and bread that she wants. <laughs> she should have all of the ice cream, right? which she does eventually. The mint ice cream. He which, never brings it home, Blake. Uh, well, yeah, but he brings a home home. <laughs> was there ice cream in the fridge my, in the home? My, I doubt it. My other story was going to be actually about, be about when we moved into our first or our our second apartment in Providence and how you would always task me with getting the stuff, whatever you needed. And we had this little mat right next to us. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, oh, that sucks that Jack has to drive anywhere he has to go to get the to get any of the, the crap that, that mm-hmm. Rebecca, where I just had to walk. It was like two buildings over. It was such an easy it pregnancy. It was the best. And I paid craving. way too much for all the stuff because it was a little convenience store. So like if ice cream was supposed to be like $2, it was like five and a half dollars. Uh, but it was worth it, and I kept that place in business for at least for two years. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Single-handedly. When she said she wanted ice cream, I was like, Rebecca, you're a girl after my own heart. But seeing her kind of stifle those cries, and then Jack's reaction to hearing that, and right. then taking that as his moment of like, no, I need to fix this now. Yep. I cannot have this happen. And he did. I am so impressed. I'm a huge fan of Jack. I've been saying it up and down all the time. Jack is... He's yep. on a pedestal, sadly in an urn, but in a pe- on a pedestal <laughs> in my mind. Another, another story I was going to share, too, is how Jack has to sell, a, sell his black Chevelle, and I had to sell my black Dodge Charger to, for, for our kids, too. And I was like, oh, I miss my car. Miss my car. One other thing I, w- I wanted to point out, too, was I love when shows do cheesy things like what This Is Us did at the end of the episode with Rebecca envisioning the house with the kids seeing the three little cribs and and telling the baby shh don't wake the other one up right right, and seeing jack in the bathroom right with the other kid doing the hair and all i thought i like stuff like that i i just think that that is you're in that per that person's head for Mm -hmm. for one moment Mm -hmm. you're in there and you you're seeing it and it's unfolding in front of you and it's it's a good way to show you what they're thinking because I know that's what happened for me when we moved to this house that we're currently in now. We walked in and I said, this is home. This feels like home. I can see us at home. I can see our podcast studio. I can see it. And probably a lot of you listening might be nodding your head saying, yes, it's happened to me too. And if it hasn't yet, you hold on tight, Spider Monkey, because. (laughs) Hold on. Say it out loud. <laughs> because one day you might move and you are going to get those same feelings where you can picture the, the bathroom, you can picture the bed, you can picture all these things. And uh, it's a pretty special feeling. So I'm happy that they were able to touch upon it. Right. I totally, totally loved it. I, I truly, I did. The one thing I wish that they had done with it mm-hmm. is that they showed three white babies. They only showed two white babies. Oh, I was glad they didn't. I was really glad they didn't. Well, I... I understand why they didn't. Yeah. But I, I kind of wish they did because it wouldn't have been wrong. It wouldn't have been wrong for them to show that. It's what she was envisioning at that at time. That moment. Right. I, I, I kind of wish they had made that choice to show three white babies as opposed to just two. I'm really glad that they did not. I am 100%. I was glad to see a boy and a girl and there was another child off screen. Well, why? Why Why were you ex- Why were you happy that they chose to do that? First off, the show plays in flashbacks like all the time. So frequently things that might just come in and out are frequently things that are coming in and out in future episodes. So right. in my mind, I'm like, that might actually be a scene that we see in the future. Okay. And I want to see that. But also, I feel like 
Randall was always meant to be their child. Always. Like fate had it 100% out. And maybe she couldn't envision that child yet. She she envisioned the other two, but Mm -hmm. there was a question. So I just felt like fate and her mind and her imagination couldn't picture that child yet because it it was supposed to be Randall all along. I I, I get it. I get it. I I understand. Can't co-sign. I would have felt weird had I seen it. Um, it would have just been another. I don't know. I would have felt weird. It would have been. It would have been weird. It it would have been slightly uncomfortable. For it the might viewer, have probably. been my sad, my GSG sad. <laughs> so or bad. Right. So on that note, let's close out the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. As I've said before, we know it's weird. The show has already been shown. (laughs) Season two has already been shown. And you're listening to this because you love the show. And maybe you like Blake and I. If you do, we would love it if you could head on over to iTunes or your podcast player of choice and write us a review. Frequently, you can give it stars, which is wonderful to give the rating. But you can write a review. For example, we have 16 ratings, those stars, but six reviews, six written reviews. And it doesn't take too much. You can write a sentence or two sentences. And we want to give a huge shout out to Tamari, who said Mary and Blake are consistently wonderful, insightful, funny, sweet, and relatable. So we want to thank you, Tamari, so incredibly much. And um, yeah, tell a friend. Tell a friend that we exist because that's how podcasts get spread. My name's Mary. And I'm Blake. And this is Us Too. <laughs>